Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod, naming it Hawkin the Triple Double. You like that, Andy? I like it. Ullman Hawkins, triple-double, just the fifth in program history, the fourth guy to record a triple-double in Illinois basketball history. Who's the last one? Hmm, some guy named uh, uh, Dosen Moo? That doesn't sound familiar. I don't know. Is it uh, Ayo? 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 Ayo. That was my favorite. <laughs> How do you pronounce that guy's name? Is it Ayo? No. Uh, actually, it's Ayo. And uh, he did it twice. Before that, it was Sergio McLean back in 2001. That was the last time previously before Io. And then it was Mark Smith, the aforementioned Mark Smith, the first one at Illinois, not the Brad Underwood recruited Mark Smith. That was back in the 70s. Coleman Hawkins putting himself in some elite category, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Andy, you were there to see it. I love the big smile he had yeah. after he was hawking the rebound because he was oh, trying man. to get it. Yeah. What'd you make of his performance tonight, Andy? It really was a subtle performance because in that first half, he was, like everyone was, struggling from the field. We will get into that in, in the, de- or the offensive struggles on both sides for each team in this one. Uh, but he told us in the postgame press conference, he, he was looking at the score Happened to catch his stats up there on the video board in the State Farm Center. Saw that he had six rebounds at halftime. He had five assists at halftime. If he stepped it up on the offensive end, he was in triple-double territory. And he did exactly what you would want a guy like Coleman Hawkins to do in a game like this. In a game where Dane Danger is kind of out of things. Brad Underwood told us after the game that the whole team has been dealing with the flu. And Dane is especially afflicted by that right now so Coleman was really going to be that centerpiece against that 2-3 zone that Syracuse is running and he ran that to perfection and I'm glad that we talked to him yesterday it would have been about that because it's such a unique defensive scheme that you know I'm sure they were practicing before even Lindenwood uh, to to figure out how they're going to crack that code and they did so and Coleman Hawkins played it perfectly and he, he was passing up Good shots to, to give to teammates in case they had a better shot over there. I just felt like this was Pete Coleman Hawkins, what we saw tonight. Showed what he can be, similar to the season opener when he scored 23 yeah. points. He's kind of been up and down since then, more down than up, to be honest. Uh, like you mentioned, he had six points, five assists, five rebounds uh, at half. And, you know, he's like, okay, hey, there we are. Maybe he's it's on halfway. the brink of yeah. that. And it all adds up. He has a big second half to an Illinois 73-44 win. Terrence Shannon Jr., 17 points. Coleman with 15. R.J. Melendez with 15. And Jaden Epps with 11. Those are your four Illini in double figures. Took a lot of shots for T.J. to get to his game high, 17. 5 of 15 from 3. But I think it all goes back to Coleman. And it was perfect, like you mentioned. This was a game where I think Brad felt like Coleman could have a really big yeah. performance. And they struggled mightily against the oh, zone man. in the first half. Yeah. I mean, it was ugly basketball. And yeah. I think that's exactly what Syracuse wanted to do, Andy. Yeah, I think that Syracuse knows at this point of the season that if their guys, their few guys aren't going to go, then it's just not going to work. Judah Mintz and uh, Joe Garrard, if they don't go, it's not going to go for Syracuse. And I think they realized how good that Illinois defense coming in was. So the only way that they had a chance in this one was to muddy it up. And they certainly did that at the start. And what kept Illinois alive was the fact that their defense stepped up in that first half. Uh, you could tell the strategy was to work things through Coleman Hawkins. And 
hack up the, I don't want to say hack up because they were good shots. Brad Underwood even said that afterwards. He liked the shots that his team was taking. They just weren't going in. So they only make 11 threes on the day, but they take 39 of them. Clearly that was the strategy going in is if they're going to let us take a three, we're going to take those. Which is what the zone is, right? Exactly. Okay, they want you to shoot threes. Take all the threes you want. You're either going to win or die by the three. Mm -hmm. And it looked in the first half at least. (laughs) Illinois 5 for 24, 20% in the first half from three. They're like, okay, this is how Syracuse stays in this game. Yeah, exactly. And it kept him in it for a while. And then in that early part of that second half, Terrence Shannon Jr. started heating up a bit. I don't know what he was in the first half from three, but he ends up with five of them. Three for nine in the first half. So, like, not terrible, but not great. No, he he certainly went on a streak there at the beginning of the second half to to hit a few in a row. And that really kind of ignited things. R.J. Melendez had a big one in the corner right in front of me uh, for his first points of the game. And uh, from there, it just felt like they started hitting those clutch three-pointers to keep them... Uh, in front of Syracuse because it was close. Syracuse led about midway through the first half. Illinois took the lead into halftime, but then after that point, it was just all Illinois hitting really importantly timed shots to keep that lead. Yeah, and we should note Melinda scores 15 points. He had no points at half. Yeah. Uh, He goes three for seven from the game. I think the biggest thing for him that stands out to me is he was seven for eight from the line. Uh, So he was able to get to the line. Four of those coming on the double technical. Yeah, that's true. Which was, but he still has to make them. Yeah, four in a row. Yeah, so, you know, give him credit for that. Uh, And, you know, Illinois didn't, like, necessarily get to the line a ton, especially in the first half. One for five. Yeah, there was a point where it was really bad. They were just chucking threes. Yeah. I mean, and in a sense, it was like, okay, I thought they were just playing right into what the Orange wanted them to do, which was. Uh, try and make threes, and, and they weren't doing that. So it wasn't the, necessarily the prettiest basketball game, but I think Brad was pretty happy with his defense overall. It, when you hold Syracuse to, uh, what they shoot for the game, 27%, 15 for 54? That's, like, that's Illinois had more assists than they had field goals. That's the thing that sticks out to me. 15 made field goals Incredible. for the whole game. That's less than that's less than one every two minutes. Right? That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, Brad's going to take that every single time. 100%. I think, like, even though, it, like, like, let's say they even only scored 60. Let's say they won 60 to 44. I still no. think Brad would be happy with his defensive performance. You hold a team to less than 50 mm-hmm. and shooting 27%, 29 from three. Like, you're going to win games. Yeah, and he mentioned that, you know, tonight, you know, they only hit 11 of them. Some nights they're going to hit 19 of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, sure. they're, they're, are, this team has shown that it is capable of doing that. Um, just because tonight it was, um, what was it? You said it was five in the first half? Yeah. And not good. That's all, not yeah. good. I mean, five of 24 from three in the yeah. first half is is not going to win you a lot of games when you're shooting that many threes. Yeah. That was reminiscent of a couple years ago when, you know, Brad Underwood's second year when they just let Trent shoot as many threes as he wanted and yeah. they were getting up and down the court and – they were going to live and die by the three. That's not sustainable long term. No. But I think against the zone, Brad was okay with that. Yeah, uh, they just needed to make more shots, and they did in the second half. Yeah, and, you know, credit to them and credit to Brad Underwood for and his coaching staff for having that game plan work. I'm not going to say to perfection. It was pretty close to perfection, though. I mean, the second half it was pretty close to perfection. Uh, you know, that was their strategy. They believed and they and they had seen what this team is capable of. Um, I think. It's shown that they're capable of making the three at points this year, opener against Eastern. But you I mean, know. Terrence made eight out of nine yeah. threes in Vegas. It, yeah, there you go. So against, like you know, 
they can heat up. And, exactly. we, and we saw even Terrence tonight getting his own. He made a couple back-to-back threes. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, like that dude can go get you one. You know, and that, and we keep saying it, it's just the athletic wing play that Illinois has yeah. lacked over the past year. Being able to get to the bucket or shoot from three and make it at the clip that he does. Now, I don't expect Coleman Hawkins to have another triple double. I think this is a perfect <laughs> like storm of yeah. all things. And credit to him for going out and getting it. I mean, it's yeah, it I just is historic. Don't, I don't know how many teams are going to have Coleman Hawkins <clears throat> be that that focal point in the middle of the offense. Well, no, because no, there's not many teams that play zone. Exactly. I mean, like Syracuse is so much of a unicorn in that mm-hmm. sense. I felt like Iowa was a little bit more like, okay, that dude could go yeah. get one if he really wanted to. For him, it was all about the rebounds. If he if he yeah. got enough rebounds, there was a good shot he was going to have that triple-double. Yeah, because Iowa was going to have the assist. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not like I expect Coleman Hawkins to have a triple-double or be flirting with that very often, where I yeah. felt like Iowa was like, he, he could be that dude. Any night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, credit to Coleman for that. And, and hopefully that's a confidence boost for him because we've seen mm-hmm. him – inconsistent at times and, and he even mentioned afterwards and he like he wants to get his teammates involved and mm-hmm. i feel like he just needs to shoot like continuing to shoot <laughs> what stuck out to me was uh the one <laughs> shot at least that did was a, a fadeaway three in the second half that that kind of got you know not gonna say it got him going he was already going at that point but that was one at least in the ebb and flow of the game that got illinois out to an 11 point lead and they kind of stuck there after that. And it was it was off a really good pass from, I believe it was Ty Rogers. Um, and just knocks down the the, the fade. It wasn't exactly a fade play, but almost like one. Uh, and, you know, Illinois was off and sailing after that. They had a 12-0 run at one point in the second half. Just Yeah, and I circus. felt like it got stuck. Like, it was 38-30, I felt like, for yeah. s- several bit, minutes there. Yeah. And just... Syracuse trying to hang around and, and do its best. And they're not a good team. Like, this is not going to go down for Illinois as uh, maybe even necessarily a good win. No. I mean, I don't think at the end of the year. I don't, I don't expect a Syracuse to compete in the ACC for much. Um, but, like, you know, it's a high major opponent mm-hmm. on your home court, and you're supposed to win these games. And and they did that. Coming in, I was like, I don't know, 12 and a half seems like a lot. That's what, I, for, that's what Derek uh, and I thought in the pregame you show. You know, for a spread for an Illinois team that I felt like was certainly better than Syracuse on paper at the Orange had some bad wins, but you got to go take care of business, and they do that. Uh, Sky Clark, 0 for 10 for the game. Not great. No. Two points, three assists, yeah. two steals, like was active in some different things, uh, five rebounds as well, but like the shot was not there tonight. No, and he kept taking shots because what Syracuse does is going to leave you yeah. open from three. You got you to gotta take those. Um I hope that this is just another blip in his his freshman learning curve. So I don't think he played bad overall. Just that the shot wasn't there today. I still think that he played hard, and that's what um, Coleman and RJ had talked about afterwards as well. Is keeping those guys engaged even when they're having a bad game. Because there's so much more that goes into this Illinois team than just being able to make shots from a guy like that. Sky is still the point guard. He still has yeah. to um, run the floor every single time so making sure that he doesn't get into a funk like that is is super important I think he showed that tonight and he's not going to go 0 for 10 from the floor very often yeah I don't don't expect that I think he's confident enough especially 0 for 7 from 3 yeah I I think he has enough confidence even as a freshman at this point seven games in where where he'll be able to bounce back from that but we'll see on a tough stretch coming up here Mm -hmm. uh, with now on a Maryland game Friday that maybe at the beginning of the season under first-year head coach Kevin Willard, we would have said, like, oh, yeah, I think Illinois should win that game. But 
Terps ranked 22nd now. Imagine thinking, still unbeaten. Imagine thinking the Syracuse game of this week would have been the easier of the two matchups. Yeah, crazy, right? See how they respond coming out, uh, you know, on Friday and, and a tough East Coast trip here. I do want to touch on Matthew Meyer real quick. Mm-hmm. I thought Brad's comments afterwards were interesting, and Meyer not necessarily a great game. Two for six, five points, two assists, turnover, two steals. Like I f- he does have eight rebounds, and I feel like he's just continuing to play hard. Yeah, um, some plays like some shots. Probably he's zero for three from three. He's gonna chuck it sometimes. Um, I don't feel like he's pressing though. I feel like he's figuring out his niche, and it doesn't have to be a star. He's still a starter, which he's never really been before. Like, I feel like he's doing okay. How, how do you assess where he's at? Because afterwards, Brad was like, "Oh, he's just a winner, and he plays winning basketball and makes winning plays." He's a motor guy. I feel like is the best way to describe it. Where. You know, even if he's not the one taking the shots, he's still involved in the, especially tonight against the 2-3, is just getting the ball moving around yeah. the court, right? And, you know, maybe he won't get the assist, but he's the guy who can be down low at the post and pass back out and then get that moving around the key. He's that type of guy. And he's the one that will go after balls on the floor. He's the one that will defend hard. And he had a couple of moments today where I think some orange, um, Players had gotten past him on the press, but um, overall, he's just going to give you his all on the court. And I feel like as a coach, even with a guy like Meyer who is struggling shooting right now, they'll put a guy out there who's going to give you 100%, right? Like, that's such an easy guy to have on a team, even if he's not the one making the shots. And because he's a veteran, so I feel like Brad trusts him in that sense because he's done it before, been there and and done it. So I I do think he's going to have a moment or a game where he puts up. Probably, yeah. 15, 16 points, and he's on from three. And, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of nations hoping that clicks from there for him, because uh, especially from three, he really has not been that guy this season that he's proven that he can do at Baylor. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, three and D type of guy is what they probably thought they were getting from him. It's what he'd shown in the past. And uh, coming off a bench role at Baylor, now he's in the starting lineup. Um, you know, good to see RJ Melendez out there with 15. Uh, Dane Danger, you mentioned finding some sickness. He did not look like himself, only played a little more than eight and a half minutes tonight. Continue to be impressed with Jaden Epps, man. 25 minutes yeah. off the bench, four of seven from the field, three of six from three. Like, 11 points, and that dude just makes winning plays, and, and he's confident. Like, his stroke, he just goes out there and shoots it. I don't think anyone expected him to be so good from three. At least that's not no. that's not the impression that I had of him Um just from what I had read, because I've never seen him, you know, play in Virginia or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and being able to come in and be one of those point guards with Sky Clark, who would have thought that Illinois is relying on two freshmen to to run the court every every time that they're out there? Like, that's insane to think about. Right. But they That just was our biggest question coming yeah. into the year. And they have the right guys, I think, to do that, which is in, incredible that it's worked out like that for Illinois, because you would have never thought so with two freshmen being able to take on that type of role, but he's got the confidence. He's not afraid of anyone that you put out there in front of him, which is a great quality to have. Um, very rare. I feel like in fresh, how can you not be, you know, um, I don't want to say scared, but like, how can you not just be intimidated, intimidated or like- by, by some of those guys that they put out there that, that you've had to play so far. And yet they, they've shown it doesn't matter to them. And yeah. that's so good for Illinois. And the biggest storyline so far in this season has been Terrence Shannon Jr. Like, the dude's yeah. a stud. He's an all-Big Ten first-teamer right now. 
that's I think going to be the biggest storyline all year because that's paid off. But the second yeah. biggest storyline in my eyes was what do they do with the freshman backcourt? And by and large, even with an zero for ten performance, Sky and Jaden, it it works. Like, it's it's working, yeah. and and they're continuing to find success with that. And to me, that might be one B. Like if there's a one A is is TJ, mm-hmm. the one B is is Sky and Jaden, and and they've continued to play really really well. Now the tests get a lot bigger here. Is yeah. Big Ten play starts Friday night with a trip to Maryland. We mentioned about the Terps and their early season success. We'll see how Illinois does out there playing. Uh, in College Park, you'll be there, Andy. And then the big one circled. Yeah. The biggest game yet. We would have said that probably in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest game yet on the biggest stage in the country in Madison Square Garden comes on Tuesday against number two Texas. And and I I think if Illinois handles Maryland on Friday and they win on the road, that they're going to be a top ten team. I, I have them probably about ten eleven something like that. Mm-hmm. Currently sixteenth in the AP poll. Uh, as long as Texas takes care of business and doesn't lose, we could have a top ten matchup. At the Garden, how's that sound, Andy, for a trip for you? That, that sounds great. I w- so I would have never <laughs> anticipated that at the beginning of the year. I oh. said, I said on the pregame show, you took Vegas, and then I yeah. told you, all right, I get to go to New York. Then <clears throat> that was not what I had anticipated when I had uh, signed myself up for for that trip to the East Coast. But an exciting, like no one could have expected that, and it, it, it all everything has fallen perfectly for this East Coast trip for Illinois to make it one of the almost like a a springboard onto the rest of Big Ten play and the rest of December, rest of the year um, at this point in the year. Being able to go and get those games against Maryland and against Texas, it, it could change the course of the season probably. Yeah, and it just, your outlook, as long as you don't get thumped in both sure. games, and especially against Texas, you compete in that game even if you lose. I, I still think you feel pretty good about it, similar yeah. to Virginia and Illinois losing in Vegas You know, to the who's there. Look, this team is proving that it's one of the best in the country again. They've reloaded on talent, that they're okay, you know, and, mm-hmm. and their potential when you can have a guy like Coleman have a triple-double. You can have Terrence shooting a for 9 3 You can have Melendez in double figures. You know, you've got your freshmen coming along and, and doing good things. And now I feel like that final piece would be uh, – and you could add Dane to that too. Like, he's been really, really good this season. Yeah. If you can get him <coughs> – excuse me – if you can get a Meyer performance out of there in one of those games, now yeah. I feel like you've shown you have all these pieces that can play big-time roles and, and be there for you in different ways this season. And and we've even seen that from the reserve players, like Sincere Harris, and, and haven't really got like a Ty Rogers game necessarily where it's mm-hmm. like he's really gone off, but he's been solid, I feel like, oh, yeah. the whole time. Uh, you know what you're going to get from him playing 15 to 20 minutes a game as a freshman off the bench. So um, this team is showing it's, it's one of the best, and... I think they're a legit top 15 team in the country right now. So we'll see yeah. how, uh, you know, the next week plays out. And regardless, even if they go one for one, um, I still think you feel pretty good about where this team is at as long as it's not a blowout. And I, I feel confident too, Andy, like this team's not going to get blown out, you know? Yeah. I like, I, I think they're going to compete similar to football. I don't think on either stage that they're going to get blown out this coming week on on this East Coast trip. There's still some tough Big Ten opponents, I think, but I'm really excited for – Madison Square Garden. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, should be a great trip and a, another good test for Illinois to figure out exactly where it was at. You know, if yeah. if Vegas was the first litmus test, like this is the second one if you combine these two games. Uh, and I think Maryland's probably shown it. You know, a long way to go here. The Big Ten season obviously hasn't even started, but like if, if Maryland's a top nine Big Ten team, top eight, top half Big Ten team, then mm-hmm. 
you know, you're going to get a great test there. For what the Big Ten has been pretty dang good so far. I had a lot of questions about how legit good it was going to be. But, like, you're seeing that, once again, it seems to be okay. And they lost at Maryland last year. Yeah. That, that like, they, they those guys, I'm sure, the ones who were on the team last year. Kofi remember? out for that game. That's remember? right. They, re- they remember yeah. that locker room. And uh, that was, was the game they should have won last year. That was year. the Carbello COVID game, too. It wasn't was. It? He had a that fever. Was. He said, like, after the game, he had a fever. Yeah. Brad said he... That Andre had a fever or it something, was like, like one was still o, playing. Yeah, one o something, and it's like oh, that seems geez. a little high. Yeah, then he had playing. COVID, and oh yeah. boy, and they lost a couple years ago. Uh, it was the nineteen season they lost out there. Andres Feliz had a, a last second chance. He fumbled the ball, turned it over yeah. late. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if they played out there in twenty COVID season. And then uh, twenty one would have been we um, go last year. That last year you went to that trip. Yeah. Well, that was that was before. that was 22 because it was January at that it was, point. It was January. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember what exactly it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I know that's a tough place to play out there. Uh, the Xfinity Arena, I believe it's called. Xfinity. Yeah. Uh, I was out there in 19. I remember that game. Uh, but uh, I was there on so. on winter break, so I didn't get the full experience of because they got a, a really cool end of that arena which yeah. it just goes straight up and it's and they, just all they raise like yeah. a tarp up kind of thing yeah which is pretty cool not it's not a tarp but like it's a banner that the student yeah. section all raises up it, it's very vertical there like cool. huge student section yeah. but there weren't any students there last time because it was winter break so i mean <laughs> i'm excited to to get that um fixed as well now you gotta look for svp there he was there in 2019 I should. I was there yeah courtside go interview so, him see uh, what he thinks of the Illini. Yeah, and he was at the Maryland game. That's the game I was thinking of in Champaign. Yeah, when he was here, that would have been the um, that was that was the home game of the 2019-20 season. I yeah, believe, right before COVID. Correct. Uh, when when SVP was in, and dude, that was a nut house. That was crazy. Yeah, he had tons of people around him. All right, Andy. Any last thoughts from this one? As Illinois wins seventy three forty four over Syracuse. The game I probably would have said Illinois is going to win. I don't know by that margin. No, I would not have picked uh, 29 but for them to win by. Here we are. Yeah, no, great performance. Um, at, at moments, you know, the, this could have gone either way. We could have been talking about this like, oh, that was a – it won, but it, that was a right. tough performance. But I, I, in the end, everything went, I think, exactly how Illinois wanted it to go. Uh, they came out the better end of the the coin flip on some of those fifty fifties. It was it was just it was a bad game, Brett. Early on, yes, not great. It was not great, but as ugly as it was, Illinois came out with seventy three points. Came out, um, I feel like pretty good team. Like you said, top fifteen yeah. team in the country. Yeah, I feel like they're pretty good. At, you know, in in that realm right uh-huh. now, I feel like that's where it's at. And you go beat Maryland. I think they're deserving of being a, a top twelve dozen teams i'd agree all right andy enjoy the east coast trip we will talk to you again on the wci three and one pod friday night after illinois plays at maryland eight o'clock tip for andy i'm brett thanks so much for listening until next time this has been the wci three and one pod